Hiring the wrong people for your team can hurt your business. Did you know that the average cost per hire in the United States is around $4,000? It's a process that takes a lot of time, and when someone doesn't match the culture and mission of the organization, you start losing money by the minute. The good news is that there are proven methods that help you get the right candidate on board the first time. In our upcoming masterclass, Don't Just Hire, Hire Right, I'll explain how to conduct an effective behavioral interview. By the end of the masterclass, you'll be able to plan, prepare, and conduct a high-quality interview, ensure the process is consistent, fair, and legal, and hire the right candidate for your company. Save the date, August 23rd, 2023, at 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Please find the link to register in the show notes or go to our website, Gerard Training Solutions, for more info on this and more masterclasses. For example, the idea that you could have a job as an influencer or or a community manager, that didn't exist 10 years ago. Those are now real professions. And so the opportunity, though, and what I see is that if we can help people think about how they want to define a career for themselves, we can also then figure out how we can tie their own growth and their own definition of how they want to think about their career to how they contribute each and every day to the performance of our team goals or our business goals or whatever those things are. Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world-class management team. And now your host, Eric Gerard. Welcome to another episode of Management Development Unlocked. I am thrilled that you're here. Hey, while you still have your device in your hand, I'd like to ask three favors, please. Number one, please subscribe to the show. Number two, please share the show with just one other person. And number three, please go to GerardTrainingSolutions.com and download my free ebook on becoming a manager. Today, I have Al D. with me today. Al, welcome to the show. Who are you and what do you do? Great to be here with you, Eric. My name is Al D. I am a leadership development facilitator and consultant. I like to tell people I try to help smart people become people smart and really build those human skills that you need in order to lead or manage effectively in today's world of work. Amazing. I'm. We are kindred spirits for sure. Yes, very much and, so. Uh, and we met at uh, ATD in San Diego last month. And we are also part of Andy Storch's talent development think tank community. So I am really looking forward to working with you in that community and getting to know you even better. Likewise. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's Yeah, I can't wait. Well, folks, today our focus is on talent development. That's what Al's specialty is. So Al, my first question for you is, why does career development matter in today's world of work? I think a bigger question is, is why, why doesn't it matter? I mean, I think fundamentally, I think that all things that we have in common with anyone in the workplace are that all of us show up to work each day wanting to be successful. Nobody doesn't want to be successful, right? And I think one way to do that is for all of us to figure out how do we use those talents and skills that we have in order to be able to contribute as well as to grow. And I think a big way to do that is through actual career development. And so to answer your question of why does career development matter is because that is partially why we show up to work each and every day. Most of us as humans uh, want to be able to know that we have some level of being able to achieve uh, autonomy, mastery, or purpose. And I think for many of us, That is the reason why we choose a job as well as leave one in terms of feeling like we are advancing or growing towards something. I think the other reason why it matters is because we live in a world where a career can mean a diverse amount of different things to different people. I think in old worlds or in the past, 
uh, career was kind of this one thing that really fit a certain subset of person and was really blanketed across everyone else. And while that was helpful for those subsets of people, it wasn't necessarily helpful for everyone. And so the opportunity, I think, today is that a career can really mean a lot of different things. And I think the goal then and why it matters so much is when we actually help people define what career development means, we can help them unleash the potential which fuels performance of the individual as well as the organization itself. Oh, I love it. And I love how you threw in a little Dan Pink. If you haven't read Dan Pink's book, Drive, take a look at it. There's also a great YouTube video that I use in a couple of my different management development courses. It's a very clever RSA animate short where Dan Pink is, is giving his lecture on, on autonomy, mastery, and purpose, and it's illustrated as you go. So that's really interesting. And then something else you said that, that got me thinking was, you know, I had several jobs or several careers, depending on how you put it, in my 30-year career. And I'm thinking of my dad who worked for um, the utility in Northern California, Pacific Gas and Electric. And he was there for 30 years, same company, 30 years. And I'm also thinking of a couple of friends of mine who routinely would keep jobs for 20 years. And I think that that is just such an outlier these days. And you know that's, that's why we need to think a little bit about career management and career development, because you don't just go to work for a very big company, a very big corporation of America and stay there. That doesn't happen anymore. I couldn't agree more. And I think what I would suggest and observe, or from my own observations, is that some of those things you just mentioned, they still exist to a certain degree. For example... I have family members who work in the investment banking and management consulting industries. Some of those things that you mentioned, they still exist for them. But to your point, that is a smaller subset of people who have careers today. There are a lot of other people who are using their career to grow in a lot of different other ways. There are a lot of different other opportunities and almost mind than traditionally the singular one, which you I think, in my opinion, highly uh, high, highlighted in a very accurate way. For a long time, that was really the only model or how, the only way that we thought about a career. But because of all the opportunities that we have today, because of all the new jobs that are coming on, you know, for example, the idea that you could have a job as an influencer or, or a community manager, that didn't exist 10 years ago. Those are now real professions. And so the opportunity, though, and what I see is that if we can help people think about how they want to define a career for themselves... We can also then figure out how we can tie their own growth and their own definition of how they want to think about their career to how they contribute each and every day to the performance of our team goals or our business goals or whatever those things are. Yeah, I, I think that makes perfect sense. You know, it's funny, like my wife started a brand new job that was created pretty much for mm. her as a community yeah. manager three years ago. Yeah. And yeah, you know, just I I didn't understand it. I had no idea what in the world are you talking about, community manager. And now it's just part of the lex the lexicon. It's just the way we speak. And say, yeah, of course we have community managers. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the 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 potential inverse of that is what a gift for that company to have a potential employee who has taken the agency upon themselves to d raise their hand and say, hey, here are some things I think I might be good at. Here's some ways in which I can contribute and add value. And here's maybe even just an example of what that job could look like and how I could be contributing to the business. Imagine if more of your employees were, were doing that, right? If more of them were raising their hands and saying, hey, here's how I think I can contribute in a way that adds value to the business. And that, to me, is the opportunity that companies have to actually invest in career development and career growth is when they get, hopefully, more employees like your wife who can uh, almost incept things into being, even if we don't necessarily always know that 
okay, it's going to be this job rec with this job family, with this title and these responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that the whole idea of, you know, sort of creating something from nothing uh, mm-hmm. out of a job. And I think that's going to be very important yeah. going forward because we've got AI and chat GPT and all these things that are going to start to really fundamentally change work. And if we want to continue to earn money and have an income and have a, have a voice, we're going to need to create new jobs for ourselves so that the machines don't take them all, right? Absolutely. Ooh. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, because this is a management development show, I want to talk about managers and their roles in yeah. this. So tell me, why is a manager critical to the career development of their employees? Well, Eric, this is not going to come as a surprise to you because I'm sure you've seen this statistic and you've cited it many times, but we know from the research that Gallup puts out that a manager is a critical element of that employee's engagement in their job and how they traditionally feel about their employment as well as how connected they feel to the organization. And so if that manager really is playing a critical component of whether or not that employee is engaged, well, what that also means is that that manager has a direct very direct impact in terms of how that employee is feeling about growing in their career. If you think about it, for any organization in any company, that manager really is that first line of defense of that connection point, if you will, between an employee or set of employees and the rest of the organization. Not to mention, that manager is very aware, in theory, around what that employee is doing doing each and every day, what they're working on, how what they're doing potentially ladders up to some overarching business objective. And so if a company believes that growth is important to their business, well, employees are a huge proponent of that and are going to fuel that, but only when they can grow in their careers. And so the linchpin that can connect the growth of the company to the actual employee is the manager. And so I think that 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 is why it, it ends up being so critical. And so I think the challenge sometimes is, is that we do, as I'm sure you can see from the work that you do, oftentimes give managers a heck of a lot of things to do each and every day. And from my experience, at least, I know a lot of managers who just don't have a lot of time free. And if uh, making it aware to them, or if they have never been made aware that helping your employees grow in your their careers and taking practical steps to do that on a day-to-day basis, if that was never made as part of your role or responsibilities, it's very easy for it to get overlooked. And I think that is often why when employees say that they're not getting the career development or growth um, at the company, while some of that may come because the company doesn't have an internal mobility program or isn't perhaps uh, supporting career conversations, some of it also can just be from the fact that the manager has never been made aware or just isn't being actively engaged one-on-one with each of their employees, really asking them, how are you looking to grow in your career? What would you like to do more of each and every day? What strengths do you have? Which would it enable you to perform better or help our team grow? And so I think to me, those are just some of the reasons why that manager is so critical is because for any of those things to happen, uh, that employee needs a little bit of help. And that first line manager and that direct relationship with the manager can often be the linchpin to fuel that. Yeah, I, I strongly agree with you there. And asking a follow-up question that I think will take us slightly in a slightly different direction. Why should a manager care about the development and growth of their employees? So we know why they're critical, but why should they care? It's a good question. And I think there's two angles to take this on. One is a pure, sheer, altruistic lens in terms of if you believe in the potential of human beings and what they are capable of, well, if you as a manager could put your employees in a position to achieve their fullest potential, that would not only help that employee, that would also help you. But I think also more concretely, more tactically, I think the more that you're engaged with your employees around just forget the word career for a second, 
but just around how they can grow, how they can use the strengths and interests and tie that into the specific tasks that they do each day. The more that you can understand what their uh, aspirations might be or what uh, ways in which they want to build new skills, as a manager, you have some level of agency of architecting their role in a way that could take advantage of that, that will not only help you build a better relationship with your employee, but also will enable you to run your team more effectively to help achieve the goals that you need to achieve. And so, yes, certainly, I think there is an altruistic component of this in terms of if we invest in people, they will achieve their potential and they'll also probably feel more engaged in their work. But there's also a mission-critical day-to-day element of this in that if I, as a manager, have a better understanding of how my employees want to grow, I can then actually architect the work that I give them, the tasks, the projects, the responsibilities, the people that I connect them to in ways that align, in ways that help the employee grow and help the company grow. And so, sure, I would love a world where everyone had altruistic measures like maybe you and I would, where we do want to see everyone shine in their best potential. But also very pragmatically, this is your best chance about one of your core responsibilities as a manager, which is to get the right people on the right bus in the right seats. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. We've, we've made the point that managers are critical to career development of their employees. We've explained why a manager should care. So let's next talk about what are the responsibilities of the manager with respect to the career development of their employees. Great. Next question. Couple things. I think first and foremost is to making it clear to them that you are invested and that you care in words and actions, right? And so, number one is baseline is making sure that you're talking about career development and making sure that you're saying and making it clear that as a manager, you do view it as part of your responsibility and you've outlined, you know, here's the thing, here are the things that I am committed to in terms of helping each employee grow their career. And some of those things can be things that you can take on on your own. And some of those, I would also assume, some companies are things that uh, the company in terms of the talent development team or the learning development team or the HR team has said, hey, these are the things that you were responsible as a manager. And so baseline is making it clear to your employees through words and actions what you are committing to. I think the second thing is in terms of being able to actually follow through on them and actually do them in a consistent manner. And consistent is the key word. It is very much one of the things that I've seen a lot where this can be often an episodic thing where we are scrambling, scrambling, scrambling. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, shoot, we have to have that yearly career conversation. We we put together that yearly individual career development plan. And if this becomes an afterthought, I think you've lost the plot. It really needs to be something that you do on a consistent basis and that you're proactive and engaged in it as a manager in terms of not only just uh, saying that through through words, but actually committing to it, following up on those things that you've agreed upon. I think the third thing is, is being able to be committed to providing regular and consistent feedback on elements that are related to the plan. And most of that can really often be anchored back into just making sure your employees are aware of the things that they're doing each and every day that are demonstrating strength, ability, uh, growth, et cetera. And just letting employees know, hey, you know, here's a thing that you said that you wanted to grow in. Here's an example of where you actually demonstrated that skill and why it made an impact. Or just letting them know like, hey, you did something really great in that last meeting. Here's specifically what it is and how it made an impact. And I'd love to see you do more of it. I think sometimes some of those things, they seem elementary, but the reason why they're helpful is because people can't always see their own genius. And the more you can give them these little data points, if you will, these little nuggets of wisdom, 
it can help them think about, okay, how can I use that to, to certainly to, to grow in my career? And then maybe the last thing is, is that I would add, and this is particularly maybe a little bit of a nuance and a, lot, a little bit hard to understand, but I, I, bear with me for a second. If they are in a position where it is time for them to move on, to the degree that you can, support them the best that you can. And that may mean that you may lose some employees over time. But A, many of us have long professional careers and you never know when you might be able to work with that employee again. Uh, but two, that will also help your credibility as well as your reputation as a manager of being someone that is truly invested in the development of others. And I guarantee you, the more you can kind of handle those situations well and be supportive of those situations to the degree that you can, that's going to help you continue to attract really great people to want to work for you and to want to perform for you because you are being seen as someone who is developing others. Sounds like there's a a lot of opportunity here to use good feedback skills and good coaching skills as as part of a career development conversation or or arc. Yes, I, I would agree. I mean, I think the one way to think about this, and I'm certainly not like the the first person to to kind of say this, but I think it rings true. Uh, each it is very much true that each employee is responsible for their own aspirations and really thinking about um, what their career means to them and the things they want to grow in or how they want to take the direction of their career. But where the manager comes in is really being that co-pilot, if you will, and that enabler, if you will. Just because you or I may have an idea of what we want to do in a career doesn't mean that it needs to be something that only we come up with on our own without getting any support or any feedback. If anything, I think it will probably enhance our perspective of how we want to grow or how we want to develop when we do get feedback from others. And I think where the manager kind of comes into play here is that if there's anyone in theory who has a good idea of what your skills are, what your strengths are, what you're good at, or specific elements of you, as a result of the body of work that you have, it's going to be the manager. And so your ability, once your employee comes and says to you, hey, here's what I'm thinking of working on, or here's the direction I, I think I want to take my career in, your ability to kind of you know, kind of say, hey, yes, I think that's great. And here's why. Because that thing you said right there, here's an example where I saw you do it really well. And here's where I think you can we can you know do this a little bit better. Or you know, again, in your words, in terms of like that coaching, right? Of like, okay, hey, like let's talk about this this new role that you want to potentially take on. You know, what would great look like, or like, or what what would success look like to you, like a year or six months from now, a year from now? Being able to have that coach or that that person providing that outside counsel, however you want to describe it, can be really helpful to the individual and also make things a little bit more concrete as well as expansive. Because to I think you know, maybe what you're getting at, it's hard to know all these answers within. Like you can do all the self-reflection in the world of how you want to learn and grow. And I think that has value, but sometimes you need some outside help. And I think that manager is in a great position to be able to offer that up, particularly just being as close as they are with their individual direct reports. Yeah. Wonderful. Great insights. Thank you. Well, you know, I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, there are going to be some managers that may hear this and think, wow, this is going to take a lot of time. This is going to eat up a lot of my spare time, if a manager even has that, if that's even a thing. Why should they still take on these responsibilities for helping their employees develop their career when it's very labor-intensive? It certainly can be. It doesn't need to be, but it can be. And I think at the end of the day, what it always comes back to is how you spend your time is a reflection of your priorities and what's important to you. All managers, in theory, have the same amount of hours in the day, and none of us can create any new time. And so, yes... By taking this on, what you are saying is that this is a priority for you and a priority for how you manage. And how you manage is 
directly, in theory, related to how you drive outcomes for the business. And so the reason why someone would want to do this and want to take this on, even if it does mean investing time, is that they see a clear link to being able to align to key business outcomes that are important to them, whether that be productivity, uh, engagement, or in also retention of employees. To the point you made about not having the time, totally agree. And one of the things I like to say often is this idea of sometimes we need to go slow in order to go fast. And sometimes when we pause, take a little bit of time, invest in activities up front into something, even though that does take time, what it does is that if it aligns us to the goal that we're trying to get to, if it drives clarity in terms of responsibility or direction, if it drives confidence in terms of where we're trying to go, that can actually compound and accelerate as we get going. And so maybe the reframe of this that I would offer if there was someone out there who was wondering, I would love to do this, but I don't have the time is more along the lines of number one, remembering that sometimes we do need to invest time to be able to get an ROI in it back. And then number two, if we do think that this is a priority that will help us achieve our business goals, it also means that we can also take a look at how we're spending our time right now to think about is every single thing that we have on our plate right now driving us toward a business goal that we want. And that might actually help us just as a starting point to enter the conversation of, okay, I think I can make time for this because I've realized that there are some things on my plate right now that really aren't really helping me get to where I want to go. But I, but I think this thing will be. We'll, we'll do that. Yeah, it becomes kind of the flywheel effect. Of, yes. You, know, you, you, you invest your time in your employees, they become a star employee, they start to take stuff off your plate, and so on and so on. So yeah, that, I love it. That's fantastic. Well, let me transition now to some questions about you. Yeah. The first question I've got for you is, do you have a product or a service you'd like to plug? I do. I am the host of the Edge of Work podcast, which is a podcast for leaders about how to think differently in a changing world of work. And so we cover some issues certainly related to managers and leaders, but we also talk about issues around culture and talent and leadership. And I think it's a pretty fun show to do. And I think if you're someone who is thinking about issues like leadership, talent development, and learning, it's a wonderful wonderful show to check out. So we'd love to have you come and listen wherever you get your podcasts. And that is the Edge of Work podcast. Edge of Work. Okay. I will tune in for sure. Thank you. All right. Now we transition to the lightning round. This is where I ask a few questions to help listeners get to know you a little bit better. So nothing terribly personal. I'm not going to I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. Uh, my first question is if you could interview anyone. So I know you've got a podcast. If you could interview anyone on your podcast, anyone living or dead, anytime, anytime, anywhere, who would it be and why? Great question. I would love to interview our former president of the United States, Barack Obama. One, because he's someone who I, I have always admired as a leader. But in addition to that, I've listened to him on a couple other podcasts or other types of interview type shows. And I just think it would just, I would learn a lot, but I would also have a lot of fun doing it. And again, just that can combined with the fact that I do, I do, he is a leader that I admire. I think that would really, as a podcaster, that would be on my Mount, Mount Rushmore of guests for, for sure. Oh, <laughs> if, if he calls me, I'll be sure to, to have you on as well. We can do a three-way I interview. Yeah, I, appreciate, I appreciate you looking out for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. What's your favorite vacation spot and why? So I have been to Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, for the past couple of years. And I love it because it is hot, it's warm, and all I have to do is hop on a plane for an hour and a half. I show up at our, my wife and I show up at our favorite resort and we just relax and unwind for, for like 48 hours. And it is really easy to do. It 
has great food and great weather. And yeah, I don't really have to think about it other than that. So that was the first place that, that came to mind. You know, when you, I, I went to Arizona State, and the first thing you made me think of when you said Scottsdale was the, the red rocks. Yes. And the, 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 the cacti out in the, the desert, the saguaro out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Amazing yeah, yeah. stuff. Great. Okay. Aside from Scottsdale, where would you most like to travel? Would love to get back to Hawaii. I believe February 2020, I was in Kauai, uh, Kauai with a number of my friends, and we kind of joked at the time, oh, it'd be kind of funny if we got stuck here during a global pandemic. Uh, fortunately, we didn't, and we all made it back home safely, and we're all fine. But it's a beautiful island, uh, beautiful islands, wonderful food, great, incredible culture. So I would love to be able to get back there and hope to be able to do so within the next year or so. I hatched my, my 10-year plan. Mm-hmm diving okay. off the coast of Maui. We were yep. diving the Molokini crater. Oh, wow. Yep. And I was like, I want to, I'm going to make a living at this. <laughs> and so I started making phone calls after that dive and uh, became a scuba instructor. And nice. so my, my 10 year plan, give or take 10 years is to be teaching scuba someplace tropical Hawaii, if I can afford it, but I'll, I'll look elsewhere to make that dream happen. That's a great 10 year plan. I hope when we're talking in 10 years that you are actually doing this. So I won't necessarily say I'll hold you to it, but I would love to see you there in 10 years. Yeah, I could use an accountability, buddy. I'll take that. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. And then last question, what brings you the most joy in your life? The most joy in my life uh, is spending time with the people who mean a lot to me and just the everyday moments I can enjoy where I'm able to do that. It's, uh, Yeah. We're not here for forever, but in the moments where we can spend with the people who mean the most to us, it's it's something that I treasure and it's something that I truly appreciate. Yeah, I feel you. I absolutely feel you. For me, it's my kids. Just absolutely. All right. Well, Al, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. It went so fast. That was 25 minutes. It went by, went by like the blink of an eye. How can people find you if they want to learn more about you and your services? They can connect with me on LinkedIn. And just my name is Al, A-L, last name is D-D-E-A. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, or you're also welcome to check out my website, which is just www.al-dea.com. And there's some more information about some of the leadership work that I do and a little bit more about myself. And so, yeah, feel free to check me out on LinkedIn, check out my website. And Eric, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a fun, fun 25 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it again. Well, folks, thanks for listening. That was another episode of Management Development Unlocked. Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn. We will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at GerardTrainingSolutions.com. Solutions.com.